Alright, so here we are, our season finale. Um, this is part two of our Christmas on the screen special. Um, this episode we're talking about Christmas movies. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks with our regular show, but uh, if you're a fan of Boardwalk Empire, we're going to have a special episode next week about that. But okay, without further ado, here's our final episode of the our final full episode of the se- of the of the year. So, um, hope you enjoy it. We're back for part two of our two-part season finale, um, two-part fall season finale. Um, we're, we're talking about Christmas on the screen. We're last week, or, or not last week, but last episode, we talked about uh, Christmas TV episodes, and now we are talking about Christmas movies, and why don't we just jump right into it. If you want to check out our Christmas TV episode, um, it's posted on the usual places, Um Go to ovpodcast.com or iTunes. Um, I'm Matt, your host, at Obsessive Viewer, and joining me today is Tiny, at Obsessive Tiny. Say hi, Tiny. Hey, guys. Yes. And then Mike, uh, at I am Mike White. Say hi, Mike. Hi. Nice. Good job, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, so let's get right into it. Um, let's see. For TV, we started with Mike. So, Tiny, why don't we start with you? Gladly. Uh, the first movie I'm going to bring up is kind of, uh, it's it's almost becoming my favorite Christmas movie, which is a big deal for me. Nice. Um, the movie is White Christmas from 1954. Um, I, on Netflix. Is it? Yeah. Nice. I think so. Nice. Hmm. Definitely watch it then if you haven't seen it, because it is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the music was written by uh, the absolutely perennial classic Irving Berlin. Um it is a fantastic movie um, about a successful song and dance team uh, who become romantically involved with a sister act and team up to save the failing Vermont Inn of their former commanding general of World War II. Oh, wow. That's the plot, if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> of course, the movie was inspired by the song White Christmas, which was written by Irving Berlin. And if you don't know, it is the song White Christmas is one of one of the, if not the most successful single ever. Literally, uh, mm-hmm. the highest selling. Uh, it's been on the charts for. It was on the charts for like thirty years or something like that. I mean, it was. It's just a the most successful song of all time, arguably. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, I don't even know that it's arguable. I think it's like the number three most successful song of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's crazy. It is. Um, and uh, the song originally appeared. It was written for the film Holiday Inn. Which came out in uh, like 1942 or three, something like that. Um, so that's the first place that it actually appeared. Um, I think it was written for that film, but the song became so popular that they wanted to just focus it around a movie, um, and that's where uh, "White Christmas" came from. Um, like I said, the music is just absolutely fantastic. Um, it's there when it comes to Christmas. It's not a Christmas if you don't have some Bing Crosby in it somewhere. Um, he's just, I, I, if I could have any person in the world, if I could have their singing voice, I would have Bing Crosby's singing voice. He is fantastic. Um, so, you know, it, it doesn't get any better than White Christmas, uh, the way he sings it. You know, there's so many different interpretations of the song, but um, I think Bing's is the best. Um, and then add in the the two pretty girls, uh 
Rosemary Clooney and uh, I think her name Vera Ellen. Uh, throw in those two pretty girls, and then the the dancing of Danny Kay, and you got a great movie. Um, as referenced in Christmas Vacation by, uh, <laughs> by we're going to press Chase. on and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny <laughs> K. Absolutely. <laughs> we're going to be the merriest bunch of assholes <laughs> this side of something or other. I don't remember what he nuts, said. Yeah. Oh, I love the it. The Nuthouse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, White Christmas. Oh, it is nice. such a great movie. Um, it's It has so many great Christmas themes in it, you know, helping others. Um, and it's... It's about love. People fall in love. It's it's fantastic. I love nice. it so much. I saw, I haven't seen it, but I'll definitely check it out. It's good. Nice. So that's my first one. Should we go uh, Matt next? Or? Uh, yeah, I'll go next. Sure. Um, we brought this movie up in our tragedy on the screen or tragedy off the screen episode, but um, Jingle All the Way. Nice. It's uh, I, I I love it. <laughs> wasn't wasn't that a uh, wasn't that one of your uh, Oh man, nostalgia. Was it? It may have been. I think it might have been. Maybe. Yeah. But that's okay. I love you it. really love this movie. I really love it. It's <laughs> it's a fantastic movie and it's uh I mean it's 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 great. It's hilarious. It kind of speaks to the whole again, I mean, uh, that's kind of a common theme cuz on the on the Christmas on TV episode I talked about um uh Charlie Brown Christmas about the commercialization of Christmas. And this is this I mean, I don't want to give Jingle all the way too much credit, but there, it does have Jake Lloyd in it. It does have Jake Lloyd in it. <laughs> Yippee! But, <laughs> but, um, are, are we just going to quote Star Wars? Are you an angel? <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> but it, um, but it, it it does make some. It does turn turn a. I don't know. It it, it reflects poorly on the consumer culture that surrounds Christmas about Black Friday particularly. Not that it's about Black Friday, but kind of that kind of that stampeding through stores to find the, the to find gifts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and like I said, I don't want to give too much credit to the movie because it doesn't make a statement about it. It just uses that as kind of a backdrop. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of infer statements from it, like I guess. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's kind of it's an interesting take on that kind of mentality, um, that kind of shoppers mentality of, of craziness. Um, but it, it's also got a lot of fun gags. I mean, yeah, Phil Hartman, R.I.P. Um, him him trying to get him him trying to infiltrate or, or um, um, hit on um, Howard's wife mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um is just it's it's hysterical it's 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 hilarious. oh these cookies <laughs> oh. put the cookie down <laughs> no <laughs> it's fantastic it really is um, and i love and i love that because he plays he plays such um like kind of a of, of a skeeving kind of guy mm-hmm. but then there's that scene where he picks up the cookie after after he he's like go up and take a shower i'll watch the kids i'll fix the cookies and all he's very sweet and everything and then he picks up a cookie and he burns his hand and then he smacks it down he's like he's like pipe down in there to the kids like <laughs> it's just this great like turn where he's he's doing this sweet like thing and then it's just like at the drop of the hat he's like this mm-hmm. this uh, angry person yeah it's uh it's fantastic um then it kind of the movie kind of loses itself at the end when kind of howard becomes 
comes Turbo Man in the parade. When he actually has a working jetpack. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's that's cringeworthy. Yeah, it really yeah. is. But, you know, it's a, just about the same as... Uh, the movie also has, if I'm unless I'm mistaken, it has a digital reindeer that runs through a house and destroys a house. Uh-huh. Was it digital? I don't think it was digital. Dude, it ran through a house. <laughs> <laughs> part of it was digital. Well, yeah, part of it was. I don't yeah. think it was a fully digital. Yeah, reindeer. that's true. That, yeah. Good point. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. fully digital. Uh-huh. Yeah, they didn't have the technology in '96, right? Yeah, or the budget probably. It was. Wow, uh, yeah. <laughs> that also that also leads to one of my favorite lines when when. Um, 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 Howard's wife is introduced to the reindeer or whatever, and then and she's petting him, and then and like uh, his friend tells tells Jake Lloyd like I named him Ted after my dad, and then he goes and answers the phone and talking to uh, Arnold to his dad Howard. Um, he, she's like he's like put your put your mom on the phone, and then she's like I can't. He, she's outside petting Ted. <laughs> 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 it's such a great line. Yes, um, maybe I need to watch it. Yeah. It's, it's been uh, a while. It's been several years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it was it's been a couple weeks for me. It's on Netflix Instant also. Um, <laughs> actually, about a week for me. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie. I love it. It's on Netflix. Um, it is really fun. Yeah. And that's my first offering. Uh, Mike, how about you? Yeah. Uh, well, we tend to make these things love fests. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. These kind of retrospective things so i'm going to talk about a movie that i do not love uh, and that i really don't understand all the adoration for uh a christmas story oh not a fan of it either not a fan of it either you're not a fan either no you you may be creating the most friction you've created between me and you mike (laughs) (laughs) really more than uh breakfast club maybe maybe um well, I'm kind of going to spoil a surprise. Uh, my my love movie is going to be Christmas Vacation, mm-hmm. um, but I I I really find that there are it, it. Your favorite Christmas movie really truly depends on what you watched when you were younger, Absolutely. and a Christmas Story was just not one that we watched. Hmm. It was always Christmas Vacation every year we watched it, yeah. um, and so and I think it was just kind of overdoing. The how you know how TBS plays it twenty four hours every year. I just got sick of it. I I hated mm-hmm. that. Like everywhere you go, everybody was like, "Let's watch six hours of a Christmas story." Yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, but more than anything, the, the um, I the tone of the movie is is really depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it doesn't get me in the Christmas mood. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I've ever seen, uh, the whole thing all the way through. I know that I've seen the whole thing, but not in one sitting. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like I've caught 20 minutes at a time on TBS every year, but just never watched the whole thing. And the tone of it just depresses me. Like when the Santa is, uh, kicking him down the slide, just, just something about it is off. And I really never understood why people adore it so much. So, so maybe you can uh, shed some light, Tiny. I will give you that it is not necessarily the best representation of the spirit of Christmas. I guess um, it is not. It doesn't have like a really great feel to it uh-huh. that way. But um, it's. I don't know. I guess it's. It, I think people like it so much because it's really funny. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of. 
just classic jokes in it. I mean, it is it is not very Christmassy for the the Santa Claus to kick him down the slide and whatnot, but yeah. it's really funny. I mean, it's it, it's classic, and I think a lot of a lot of us have been kids that have been standing in line to see Santa before, and we have felt the feelings that come on, kid, hurry up, I want to talk to Santa, <laughs> and that yeah. that kind of captures that feeling a little bit. Um, and and also, I think. I think the, the the premise of the movie is is what what's golden about it. It has this this adult uh, voiceover, you know that it's 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 the inner monologue of the child that's the main character of the story. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's such it's such an interesting perspective because we're watch. It's kind of like we're listening to an adult retell a story from when he was a kid, and it's it has this childlike wonder to it, but from the perspective of an adult, sort of. Um, stuff like that, and it's part of what I identify with. It is I think it's it's supposed to be set in Indiana somewhere. Right. Yeah. It um, is. I can't remember. I think it's a fictitious town. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Ironically, I don't think they filmed it in Indiana. I think no, they filmed it filmed in Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but it still has a Midwest feel to it, and uh, of course, one of the the O fudge scene where they <laughs> they, they talk about the Indy five hundred. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. just. Uh, it's just classic for for me personally, and you know it. It's a movie about a. It's it's a place that every kid has ever been where we want this one Christmas present so much, you know the Red Rider BB gun, if you will. We we've all had that at some point in our childhood. The the, the toy that we just have to have, and we just hope and pray that we get it for for Christmas, and we're not sure. Um, mm-hmm. And it captures that perfectly beyond perfect when he op- when he finally opens the present on christmas day that shiny green wrapping paper it's hidden behind the desk and the music and just everything about it i love that scene so much um i just the movie's fantastic in my opinion and i love the whole the lamp the lamp that he wins fragile fragile it was yeah. italian i never liked the lamp i didn't get what? what was so funny about the lamp that's hilarious it uh get it in my wow. eyes, my, my perspective of it is it kind of seems to – it kind of my, – my perspective of it is that it kind of substitutes – it takes out sentiment, sentimentality of, of other Christmas movies and, and replaces it with like this coming-of-age thing, mm-hmm. which has some sentimentality to it, but it's not really uh, – doesn't really adhere to the Christmas holiday quite as well as just this, this Christmas-themed sentimentality and all that um, – how I said it's sentimentality enough. <laughs> um, no, but it's it kind of like Mike said. It, it never really did much for me, and part of that could be the oversaturation of it on on Christmas Day on TBS. I will give you that too. That's yeah. it is overplayed. Which, I mean, like on on Halloween, they just did on I think Sci-Fi did a twenty four hours of Trick or Treat, which I was totally fine with. Mm-hmm. But part of that is also because I want it to be. I want more people to see it. But yeah. But the same. Right. It's, Plenty of people have seen a Christmas story. Right. Right. <laughs> but I. I don't think I, I didn't connect with it as much as other people have, and I thought that it was funny, but it just didn't. It doesn't resonate with me as a holiday tradition. As a like we said before, um, a lot of these movies and a lot of these TV shows are stuff that we watched at a young age, and it kind of resonates with us into adulthood. For that, I don't think I ever really watched a Christmas story as a kid, and the parts that I did see were, like Mike said, kind of kind of frightening. Honestly, hmm. um, the kid getting yeah. his getting his tongue stuck to the pole, um, but it's so funny. It's funny, <laughs> but it's also there's a disconnect for me. 
Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I watched, we had it on VHS, and I th- I'm pretty sure we wore it out. Really? Because that was before they would show it every year on TBS. So mm. we had the VHS, and we, I think we wore it out. We watched it so much. Yeah. Um, and also the heavy the uh the bumpuses the next door neighbors uh that resonated with us because we had for a little while we had some really weird neighbors really? when we were kids so huh. we, we associated with that um and just real quickly have any of you ever seen the companion piece to it called uh, a summer story i have and i remember enjoying summer story very much it's the one where they spin the tops yep right and the yep. boy loses his top uh, in the in the storm drain, mm-hmm. I remember enjoying that movie very much, and I think it's huh. because they didn't, you know, they weren't trying to make it a Christmas movie, right? Wow. It's true, yeah. Uh, it, it's also incredibly good. It it's, uh, it stars one of the the Culkin kids. I can't keep him straight. I think right. it's yeah. Rory Culkin. I wanna, uh, yeah, I would guess Kieran Culkin. Or Kieran, yeah, one of the two. Really, I, I don't think I've ever. I, I think I'm aware of a summer story, but I've never seen it. And uh, his um, parents are played by Charles Grodin and Mary Steenburgen. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, um, um, it is a great movie as well. Nice, uh, underrated. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, so Mike, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, I totally get what you guys are saying. I, yeah. you have a good point. And I, I just want to say, I think Mike, I think you hit it. I think you hit it on the uh, hit the nail on the head when you said that it's the tone is is dark. Um, because uh-huh. it really is. It's it's for me a Christmas movie is is like this this kind of uplifting kind of Christmas kind of uh, capturing the Christmas spirit or whatnot, and that just didn't really do it for me. It was more about growing up in in mm-hmm. Indiana, which I did. But I'll give you that. Yeah. 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 So so it's good for some people, but not good for me and Mike. And our opinions are the only ones that matter. <laughs> yep. um, exactly. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Tiny. Uh, but no that yeah that's a good that's a good pick um cool yeah that was mike's so is it back to tiny yep yep yeah um the next one i wanted to bring up is uh miracle on 34th street ah which version yeah that's thanks for interrupting me um (laughs) (laughs) there was a lull the uh the one that i like the most that I identified with as a kid is the one with uh, Richard Attenborough from 1994. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think it's honestly like a better representation of the story. Uh, the original one, I think I've maybe only seen it once. I, I don't know. I wasn't really a big fan of it. It was just a little too dated for me, but uh, I, I really love the, the newer updated one. Just how, how, skeptical the young girl is uh it's such it's something that you just don't see very often and she she makes a complete 180 you know throughout by the end of the film she completely believes in santa claus and she has more christmas spirit um played really well by mara wilson uh who was a a really famous child actor in the 90s um she no longer acts unless i'm mistaken um But it's a great movie. I feel like she tried to make a comeback and then like nothing happened. Could be. Was she in what was what else was she in in the nineties? Uh, her other famous movie was uh, Matilda. Matilda. There yeah. you go. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. was a fun movie as well. Yeah. I don't remember much of uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. That that version of it at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was a huge, huge fan, huge fan of the story and of of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was. Um, I, I do remember. I, I remember bits and pieces of it, though. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's the the adult actors are really great too. Dylan McDermott and Elizabeth Perkins as her oh, parents. Nice. 
were uh, were really great. Um, and then just Richard Attenborough has just such an aura to him. Mm-hmm. He's he's just one of those magnetic actors, uh, one of those classically trained actors. I think that just has that ability to just pull people to him. Um, and there's no there's no better quality that you need for to, to play Santa Claus. You know, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's, we have a T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> nice um anyways uh, uh i just i love the feeling that he he portrayed through that through that character he was yeah. he was just absolutely perfect as as chris kringle yeah he really um, spared no expense sorry <laughs> go ahead sorry don't laugh go ahead it's it's derivative of mike's joke <laughs> i am sorry oh you made me cough <laughs> nice um and and just the whole the whole court scene at the end it turns into a courtroom drama it's just it's funny it's it's a great great story you know it captures it does capture christmas spirit really well nice um it's a classic even though it's a remake but <laughs> right it's 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 really good i i'm yeah. a huge fan of it awesome yep that uh just another aside like i did on the tv episode but um we should do we should do an episode that's all about surprise courtroom dramas <laughs> surprise what does that mean what is like, what is a surprise courtroom drama movies that that go one way but then in the in the last act are resolved in a courtroom because i i feel like there's one that i can't i can't remember but there's one that's like uh, out of nowhere it's like oh it's a court it's a courtroom drama like stuff like um 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 uh like um accepted it ends oh up yeah it does like stuff like that yeah uh anyways that's, that's funny that's, that would yeah. be good yeah, yeah. That'd be a good thing to bring up off the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, Miracle um, on 34th Street. Check it out. Yeah. yeah. I I really liked that movie a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had it on VHS and we watched it uh, at like every Christmas for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the movies that falls under the category of I don't get it and I don't understand if Santa Claus is real why is there anybody who doesn't believe in Santa Claus? <laughs> that logic, I, I just, I just can't get over that logic. And I remember thinking about that, uh, like immediately after I stopped believing in Santa Claus. Cue a hundred listeners saying, well, "What do you mean there's no Santa Claus?" Every freaking time. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I never understood that. If there is a Santa Claus. Why are there people that don't believe? It's because Richard Attenborough never actually proves that he's Santa Claus. It's everyone believes that he is. Santa Claus does not exist because proof. That's the pr- Santa Claus does not exist through proof. He exists through belief. And that's, oh, what he, okay. that's what he does in the film. He makes everyone He made believe. a living biological attraction so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> it's turning into a Jurassic Park episode. <laughs> but uh, seriously. It would be a great episode. What? It would be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, but that, that's, the, that's, what, that's the difference. That's the reason why some people might not believe is because he, he does not present himself through proof. He presents himself through making people believe that's that's why santa claus exists it's so. almost like it's an allegory for something yeah i try i don't uh Isn't it? i don't know maybe don't a know. james joyce or something uh i was way off the mark on that you were <laughs> yeah, <it's> a, <laughs> sorry a joke no 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 i i get where you i get the 
reference. We should move past it. Then. Plus, okay. I, I'm, I'm surprised on. that you're that you're having qualms with it, Mike. Again, because uh, again, it's just a really it's such a delightful story. You know, it takes a skeptic's approach approach right off the bat, right. and then you know this by the end of it, all these people believe, and it's a really beautiful story. Yeah. So it's a bunch of parents believing that. Santa Claus is bringing gifts to everybody else's children, but their own. <laughs> That's, you know, I see where you're coming from, Mike. And I have the same kind of issue with, with movies that take that stance about, about the Santa Sin Claus is, is, is my worst offender. Hmm. You son of a bitch. <laughs> listen, no, 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 no. Okay. Listen, I'm kidding. Dude. I am the worst. I am totally playing the Scrooge here. Right. Uh, the Scrooge McDuck, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I love the Santa Claus loved the mm. Santa Claus for several years that was that was one of my favorites uh it was probably you know in the top 3 absolutely uh but I just got so angry with the logic of it which I know is not what you're supposed to do with a Christmas movie you're supposed to just enjoy it and enjoy the magic and enjoy the the tone but uh if like who is leaving presents under these people's trees if the parents don't believe in Santa Claus? Yeah, uh, uh, the parents. Well, in in the Amanda, Santa- my wife thinks it's a commentary on uh, on modern marriages and that there's no communication between husbands and wives. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow, that's that's deep. I like that. Yeah, it is. Well, in in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, she doesn't she doesn't get. Christmas presents, does she? From Santa I Claus? Know. I don't think so. I don't think she does. Well, so she never got them, so yeah. it's not like the the her mother because she doesn't have a father in the in the in the movie. Uh, it's not like her mother, you know, just wakes up Christmas morning. She's like, "Whoa, why are there Christmas presents here?" That doesn't happen. It's well. Right. Let me let me just say this because I mean, if I'm following you guys right, I mean, basically, couldn't it just be that okay, there's Santa, adults believe in Santa, get Santa presents. The ones who don't, they just go and buy presents like normal people in real in the real world. Is that is that what what we're saying? I guess. I mean, I, I don't be, know. <laughs> I don't see a reason why that wouldn't be. I mean, it's not like the only difference between that that I could see a hole in that is if, I mean, the parents who believe believe in Santa work with the people who don't, and they're like, oh yeah, Santa brought this, and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I'm not exactly. Yeah, but yeah. And that that's part of the reason why I I kind of I, – I don't remember. There was no significant – let's do this. Do you guys remember what made you stop believing in Santa or what – when you stopped believing in Santa? I remember it exactly. How it could is you also, not? <laughs> it's also my story for why I'm not religious. Oh. oh. Do, do you <laughs> mind sharing? No, I don't mind. I'll, I'll keep it brief because it's really longer than I'm giving it credit for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started questioning the existence of God the same day I started, uh, the same day I found out about Santa Claus. As far as I was concerned, uh, Santa Claus was real. That It was a true thing that Santa Claus was real. And uh, I remember going to Toys R Us and I had a brother and my parents would, uh, my mom would take me and my dad would take Kevin and we'd just walk around and get gifts for each other and, and then that was it. And I remember one day I was particularly inquisitive uh, and precocious and I, I kept asking my mom, you know, uh, hey mom, oh, never mind. And she would say, what is it, Mikey? Oh, never mind. 
Uh, and then finally I just said, mom, is Santa Claus real? Like I had been worried about it all day and I just kept wondering and wondering. And, uh, and I finally said, is, is, is he real? And she said, no. And I just like stopped dead in the, in, in line at Toys R Us. And she could tell that I was like starting to cry and, uh, she like touched my shoulder. And I was like, don't touch me. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was probably, uh, I was probably nine, maybe eight. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then after that, I started questioning everything. Wow. Hmm. You know, well, no wonder you don't like Christmas that much. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or you don't like I it don't as know. much as I stuff. really, I do like Christmas, but it just, yeah, it yeah. doesn't do it for me as much as, uh, right. right. You know, the huh. holidays. Did I, you, oh, sorry, tiny, uh, real quick follow up for that. Mike, um, would, would you say that that, that event, did that, did that, um, uh, did that cause your parents not to really do much for Christmas? I, I mean, I mean, play. No, like cause that? my brother still believed. Okay. No, we had, we had some really fun Christmases even after that. Right. Yeah. No, okay. I don't know. Huh. It was just, I don't know. Interesting. Nice. Maybe, maybe, maybe they stopped doing magical things right. after that, but yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, Tiny, how about your story? Yeah, I I was ten, and the way I found out is maybe I was old, I was younger. I can't remember, but uh, anyways, uh, I found out that the Santa Claus that Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy were all fake <laughs> at the same moment <laughs> because uh, it was it was. Uh, when I had lost a tooth and the tooth fairy was supposed to come and I just basically caught my mom putting, putting Ooh. change under my pillow. And I was like, what, uh. what? Oh my God. And then, <laughs> and then she was like, yeah, I'm sorry, honey. It's, it's not real. It's been me and your dad the whole time. And wow. Then, yeah. And then like, I'm like, but that, but that, but that, but that means the Santa Claus isn't real too. <laughs> and I was just absolutely destroyed for days. Wow. I mean, yeah. it, it funny enough, I kept believing in huh. Santa after I found out about the tooth fairy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least we still got Santa. Yeah. Um, no, a, a fairy oh. that comes in and takes your teeth and gives you a dollar. That is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. uh, so yeah, it, it ruined, huh. it ruined my week that week. I think, uh, it was, it was a bummer. Wow. Yeah. But I wish, I, I wish it had caused me to question other things more like it did <laughs> right. for you, Mike. But, uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow. I, Wow, I, I don't know. I, I've got nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't remember a significant moment where hmm. where I suddenly stopped believing in Santa Claus because I remember I've I've memories of like staying up late and watching like the like the the <laughs> the the weather people like uh, talking about like the, like the NORAD report Santa Raider yeah. Radar. yeah yeah I remember loving that but then at some point maybe my memory is just crappy <laughs> but. I honestly think that it's just I watched so much stuff as a kid that when I started watching like like all these movies where they're like the kids are like oh if, um oh Santa Claus and like they like TV episodes where they built it around kids finding out that Santa Claus wasn't real I kind of like I kind of put two and two together like oh okay well he's not real oh that's cool I'll play along yeah like if uh, that's an option then he probably isn't real right right. And uh, and that's just what I did. My mom, she was she was like really like, she was really weird. Like even like today, she's like, oh, Santa Claus is real. She's she's a weird person. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's great because she has like this this imagination. This like she's very imaginative with it. 
that even with uh even after we're far far after we're um past the age range where we should believe in Santa, she's always like like talking about the magic of Santa and all that. Um so yeah. And uh and then also I found my presence in uh the attic <laughs> um at one point. Classic. That's fine. Yeah. So hmm. yeah. So I don't really have a significant thing. But anyway, now to bring him back on, where were we at? I don't remember. Okay, let's see. We talked uh, about Christmas. Story. You brought up Miracle on thirty fourth. I think and it's I, I think it's a mass so turn. It's, I think it's a mass turn. Is, yeah. yeah. Um well I want to bring up a movie that I'm sure I don't know if Tiny, I don't know if you've seen it. Mike, I'm not sure if you've seen it. It was a very um it was for lack of a better it was I'm not going to mince words. It was a ripoff of Groundhog Day. It was a made-for-TV like yes, NBC Eric family. Von Detten. Yes, go ahead. Christmas every day. Never heard of it. Okay, I rem- I think I remember Mike. I remember like freshman year. I think we we bonded over our mutual yep. love of that movie. Yep. Um, it was like a made-for-TV movie. I think it was ABC Family or Disney or something. But it was Christmas every day where this kid has a has a bad Christmas or something. And he repeats it every day, like Groundhog Day, and he has to make it right. And it's so cheesy and awesome, and it's it's fantastic. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and I've been I I, I've tried to find it online and and find I've never found it on DVD. Well, I got a surprise like for you. Uh oh. It's airing on ABC Family tomorrow morning, Saturday at six o'clock. Oh, that's Saturday so the twenty first. Awesome. Oh. It is airing. On ABC Family, it mu- it's like five o'clock or six o'clock in the morning. But DVR it, my friend. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic! You just made his, yep. his whole Christmas season. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you really did. That is fantastic. I'm definitely going to DVR that. Yep, I already got a DVR. I've had <laughs> I've had a DVR for a week. Oh, that is fantastic! <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Every year I look it up. Every year I look up ABC Family's 25 Days of Christmas, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been on, and they're showing it today, wow. or tomorrow, I mean. This That's year, tomorrow, cool. Saturday the 21st. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I feel I never even heard of this thing. <laughs> really? Yeah, never even heard of it. Wow. Yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, um, you know, and apparently, like, like looking it up on Amazon, there's nothing really. There's a movie called, with, with Jay Moore, called Christmas Do-Over. <coughs> yeah. That's essentially the same thing, but it's not that. But it, it, like Mike said, it had Eric Von Denton, and it was um, just it, it kind of had like kind of some religious elements or, or or something about a pageant where where he was involved in a pageant. But it was kind of this this selfish kid who was kind of this little punk or whatever, and it went through just all the different iterations of the day, all the different versions of it, and it, it went to some surprisingly funny places. Like he tries to win over a girl. And he in one one of the one of the segments he tries to win her over by beating up her boyfriend or something like that. <laughs> but yeah. he's so dorky and over the top that he does like this weird like John Wayne impression <laughs> or something. Oh yeah, it's oh. so cringeworthy. Uh, it's uh, Clint Eastwood, isn't it? Clint Doesn't Eastwood. he do like Make My Day? Yeah, I think so. Dirty Harry. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's so cheesy and awkward and it's fantastic. Huh. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely cool. I can't believe that's going to be on. That's awesome because I check yep. it every once in a while. I haven't checked it for the past couple of years. Yeah, but wow, that's awesome. It's apparently based on a short story by William Deed Howells called huh. "Christmas Every Day," hmm. uh, published in eighteen ninety two. Oh wow, jeez, yeah, 
Wow. So that definitely predates Groundhog Day. It does. <laughs> and I, it makes me wonder if Groundhog Day is loosely based on that story. That's huh. a good question. But, I mean, Groundhog Day was so huge. Oh, yeah. If, uh, as a movie. Uh, and it's clearly capitalizing on the success of, of Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No question. It's uh, interesting. Of all the Christmas movies you had to choose from, you chose an obscure television movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's very special to me because I used to watch yeah. it all the time. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's good. Uh, that's when it I, first came out in 96, it aired like three, four times. Oh, absolutely. Really. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then a couple times every year until probably 2000. Yeah. Hmm. It's it's a it's a fun movie. It's a it's a really fun movie. I'll definitely record it then. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Um yeah. Uh so Mike, do you want to do you want to bring up your next one? Yeah, uh like I said earlier, I wanted to talk about my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Uh and that's Christmas Vacation. Nice. Awesome. Um and it's it's hands down my favorite. I oh, mean, yeah. there's there's no contest. It's uh it's a movie until this year we watched every year since i can remember oh wow. i don't want to say since it came out because you know I right. was three when it came out <laughs> but uh since the first time i saw it when i was maybe six or seven it's it's been an every year kind of deal mm-hmm. and uh i, I kind of decided to take a step back from watching christmas movies this year hmm. um just because some of some of my favorites are getting burnt out like uh the santa claus we watched last year and that was kind of <clears throat> when i decided i'm kind of tired of it yeah. hmm. um home alone which is also just a fantastic movie i'm kind of tired of that too but Christmas Vacation, I, I I really fear to become tired of the most, so I'm I'm definitely not going to watch that for two or three years. Wow. Um, of course, written by John Hughes, mm-hmm. starring Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo. It's uh, it's the third in the Vacation series, and it's a huge, huge bounce back from the atrocity that is European Vacation. <laughs> uh, yeah, just just an atrocious movie. It is. Um, but Christmas Vacation is one of those movies where you mention it and everybody's got their favorite line. Oh, oh it's the, one of the most quotable movies ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> um, and most quotable and quoted, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, still, always. And everybody's got their favorite. There's the Uncle Eddie fans. I, I personally love uh, Chevy Chase in it. I, I just think he's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. My wife... Uh, her cousin is dating a guy named Todd, and every time they say she says the name Todd, uh, I do. Why is the floor wet, Todd? I don't know, Margot. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, oh, uh, I have always—I mean, not even in the Christmas season—and I'm almost not even quoting Christmas Vacation anymore. Uh, but I say "bend over and I'll show you" all the time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, you got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So just oh, so, so quotable. It's, uh, you know, I guess going back on, on, you know, putting you in the Christmas mood, it's not incredibly heartwarming. Hmm. You know, it kind of ends in a stupid way. Um, yeah. Just with Grandma doing the, or uh, Aunt Edna mm-hmm. um, singing the national anthem. Is so, Rusty you know, still in the Navy? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Did I break wind? The blessing. <laughs> I want you to say the blessing. 
Oh, oh. If you're not doing anything constructive, go get my stogie. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect, both of you. Thanks. Jeez. <laughs> uh. I pledge allegiance to the flag. <laughs> So great. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, I, mean, I, I think it's on my top 20 movies re- without regard to mm-hmm. to the holiday. Mm-hmm. You know, nice. much like Halloween is up there. Right. But uh yeah, I just love it. And I've and I've while I find that uh Christmas story is kind of divisive, I don't know that I've ever met anybody who didn't like Christmas Vacation. It's not right. always everybody's favorite. Uh not everybody has seen it all the time, but Nobody doesn't like it. I don't mm-hmm. think. I, I've never met anyone who doesn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, interestingly, with that, with that movie, with Christmas Vacation, I didn't really get into it until I was in like my late teens, huh. because it's not a very kid-friendly movie. It is not right. at all. I mean, it's he totally dro- he drops an f bomb, and there's all this. There's a lot of sexual references and stuff like that, which yeah. is hysterical. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. It's just it's just not really kid-friendly, and so I didn't. We didn't really watch it when I was a kid, ever. I don't even think I saw it until I was... I think maybe when I was young, maybe like 10 or 11, I saw like a TV version of it that was edited and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's, it's funny. It's awesome. But I just... Yeah. I never got into it as much until I was in like my late teens and really understood yeah. everything fully. Um, when, but- I, when I was a kid, kind of like you... Uh, I I appreciate like when he was putting the lights up and basically just like the Chevy Chase style humor, mm-hmm. yeah. just being awkward was hilarious. It's hilarious no matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I was older, you know, just like you said, um, that I that I got certain jokes. Like when the when the cops come in or the FBI comes in and they they got the whole family and everybody's got their hands up, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> Ellen puts her hand on his on Clark's balls. Yeah, <laughs> freeze. And then yeah. she shakes the cop's hand. <laughs> shakes her hand and then puts it back on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it is. Yeah. And you, uh, and you're right. It's not, you said that it's not very heartfelt or anything like that. And you're right. It's, it's not. Um, isn't that what you said? Yep. Yeah. But I would argue that it has a little bit of that though. Like the scene where he's in the attic and he's, he's watching the old film from, sure. um, mm-hmm. from, from his, his childhood Christmases and stuff at its heart. It's a, it's about a man trying to, trying to provide a Christmas, a memorable Christmas to his family. Um, the way that his father did to him. Um, I mean, it gets kind of lost in all the hijinks and stuff, but it, it's still there, and it's it's a it's a quality message, and it's it's executed properly. Yeah, um, I can never tell. I haven't been able to decide if I like Christmas Vacation or Vacation more. Mm-hmm. It's a hard uh, choice because Vacation, the first one, is not a movie I watched when I was younger. That is absolutely not a family movie. Yeah, right. But yeah. when I was a teenager, and and you start to get all the jokes. That movie is ridiculously hilarious and so clever. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen and, it in so long. Oh, it's so good. And yeah. Christmas Vacation, like you said, while not a family movie, it's still PG, mm-hmm. uh, PG thirteen actually. And and so, you know, they don't they don't push things as hard, um, and it's a little more family friendly. But I like just every time I watch it. There's like little bits of trivia that I notice, and I, and I'll just kind of. My uncle's a big fan of that movie too, so we'll kind of text back and forth. Like, what uh, what does Uncle Eddie break when he puts the big bag of dog food into the cart? And so Clark grabs a 
four pack of light bulbs and that's puts right. it on his cart when they're in there. <laughs> and then uh, Uncle Eddie just smashes it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, um, and by the way, nobody has ever done this for me, but if anybody ever got me a Chicago Blackhawks jersey with Griswold on the back, <laughs> it would be the best Christmas present ever. Oh, that'd be awesome. awesome. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so. Nice. That's that's mine. Yeah, definitely great, great movie. It's on Netflix Instant also, um, mm-hmm. but you should really own that movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. Cool. Um, Tiny, is it your turn? Yeah, I think Round so. The horn? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, the uh, let's see. Yeah, I'll go with this now. Um, it's it's again. I, I said earlier that it's not Christmas without being Crosby. Uh, I will also say that it is not Christmas without "It's a Wonderful Life," right? Um, which I think is, ironically, not really a Christmas movie so much, but it has such a great. It's one of the best examples of spirit of mm-hmm. of, of like community spirit, holiday spirit, um, and it takes place on Christmas, <laughs> right? Um, and it, it just kind of has that feel to it. Um, I, I think it is one of the most heartwarming films to ever be made. It is just, it just has that, that incredible sense of, you know, just, just the classic line, any man who has friends is never, well, I don't even remember what it is. I don't remember, but, uh, but you know, it's never alone. It's never alone or something like something, that. Or, uh, is, uh, is never poor or something. Like it's that. never or, poor know, or something, something like that. Yeah. But it's, it is just a fantastic movie. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a man who, who loses everything. He, he seemingly loses everything, but you know, he realizes at the end that everything that's important is still there. And, yeah. uh, he, he has, he has all these great friends and it's just a terrific movie. If you haven't seen it, uh, you know, it's, you're crazy, Mike. Uh, <laughs> he's talking about me listeners. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, Shocktober is much more, important to me mm-hmm. I, I sound like such a scrooge i really do like christmas yeah, yeah. oh yeah. I, I promise i do i i feel like that that's definitely coming through it's okay. oh yeah definitely definitely okay yeah um and of course the movie stars uh jimmy stewart yes james stewart which at the time he was a huge star mm-hmm. um and it's uh incidentally the, sh- the the movie was actually not very successful to right. start out with, um, it's it just kind of developed a cult following over a long. I mean, it was released in 1946, mm-hmm. and it didn't really start becoming that commercially successful until I want to say like the 80s. Even that sounds it took right. a long time. I think uh, like NBC Universal had the rights to it, and they just held on to the rights and they didn't start showing it on television until like the 70s or 80s, mm-hmm. and that's when huh. it started gaining a lot more of a following they would show it uh once a year every year the day after thanksgiving i think they still might do it i'm not sure Sounds um good. but it's 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 become such a valuable property now mm-hmm. um which not to take away from the spirit of it and how great of a film it is um it's just it's just classic you know there's just nothing it, it's, as soon as i think of christmas i always think of it's a wonderful life it became it's something as well that i didn't really I didn't really find it until I was a little bit older, probably when I was like a teenager. But the first time I saw it, I was just, my face was drenched in tears by the end and it was just absolutely terrific. And it became a tradition. I would watch it. We would always go to uh, midnight mass on uh, Christmas Eve and uh, 
the midnight mass actually started at 10 o'clock. So it was kind of nice. You know, it would, it would end or it started like 1030, I think, and it would be over at midnight. So it technically counted. Um, so I would come home and I would always watch it after midnight mass. Uh, I did it. It got, I kind of, my tradition kind of got lost a couple of years ago um, amongst working. Uh, I think my job got, got in the way. I actually, it was like mm-hmm. the first year in like over a decade that I didn't watch it on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Right. It's kind of a bummer. But uh, it's just one of those movies that I just absolutely love. Uh, I, I would consider it, like Mike said, with Christmas Vacation, I, I would put it in my top 20 probably even in, in lieu of the holiday, you know, just uh, my general top 20. Um, it is just a terrific movie. I hope you've all seen it. I know Mike hasn't, but I hope you. I hope all of our listeners have seen it. Yeah. So I don't really need to go through a, a recap of it. Right. So It's, it's really like, long for a Christmas movie, and I wonder if that's that that's kind of always... Uh, been a detractor for me. It is. It is pretty long. It's not but, overly long, but it is for a Christmas movie. It is. It's two hours. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's. It feels long because it's very uh, separated into two segments. Yeah, uh, it is. The whole backstory, and then, but it, it really informs on on the rest of the movie. And uh, and it starts out when, uh, you know, George Bailey's a teenager basically right. uh, a mm-hmm. couple of years after high school and he he finds his wife and you know it, it ends when he's they've probably been married for 10 years or more yeah so it, it spans a long time you know yeah so actually starts early early childhood i would say well i mean like, it does that's true yeah like yeah. he loses his hearing and yeah, stuff. yeah yeah hot um, dog <laughs> awesome and uh and, and another interesting point that i kind of wanted to to bring up is that like like most films of the time uh, regardless of what the movie was about, um, it it brought in it mentions the war because oh, during yeah. during the early forties, even I'd say the entire decade of the nineteen forties, the, the World War Two influenced everything in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. if you look at any kind, most movies, the war will be mentioned in one way or another because it affected the country so much um, on so many and this, different. The levels. movie uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" is post-war, right? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, 1946. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, th- when they were filming it, it may have been 45, which would have been right. the very end of the war. But, yeah. right. but uh, you know, it involves his, his younger brother is a war hero in the movie. Um, so it's about that. And, and, you know, White Christmas, the two main characters meet uh, in the war. And it's about helping out their the guy who was their commander. Um, and in uh, Holiday Inn, which I watched the other day, they mentioned the war a little bit, uh, which was in 1942, before we were... Uh, even in Europe, you know, we were in the Pacific at the time, but still, uh, it just seems like the war, World War II infiltrated so much of American culture during the 1940s, and it's it's an interesting aspect of the movie. You always, whenever I watch a film from the 1940s, I'm always curious, you know, when they're going to bring it up, and it's, I'm a bit of a World War II history buff to an extent, um, and so it's, I always kind of look forward to that, but uh, it's nice how they worked it into the story in this movie. Right. Yeah. Mm, it's that's a great cool. movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and and the quote was, "No man is a failure who has friends." There you go. Thank you. I should yeah. know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, do you guys all do your Jimmy Stewart impression? I have one, but it sucks. I, yeah, I can't do one. I uh, don't have one. It just yeah. feel. It just seems like everybody. If you mention "It's a Wonderful Life," they do their right. They do their Jimmy Stewart. I always just jump into Zuzu like. Teacher says anytime a bell rings, <laughs> an angel gets his wings. And I only know that because of Christmas vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That was like Zuzu with an ear infection. Um. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, real quick about about um, it's a wonderful life. Um, Rugrats did a, uh, did an it's a wonderful life episode. Did you guys see that when you were kids? Uh-uh. Surely, but I don't remember it. Oh, I remember. It was one of my favorite episodes because Chucky like runs away and and it's a little bit. Sorry, I moved from the mic a little bit. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> um. Chucky like runs away from home or something, and then I think, I think like I think he has a hallucination or something, or he has a, an imaginary friend. Drugs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chucky man. Yeah, um, it just shows it shows him. I think like Angelica appears to him in a in a, a dream state, and is like, "This is what your life would be like if you were never born." And it's 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 pretty much it's it's a wonderful life to a T, but it's it, it was charming. Hmm. Um. Yeah, so whose turn is the next? Is it my turn? Yeah, okay. it's Matt's turn. Um, this, so this is the start of another round, is it not? Yes. It is, yeah. We should we should be quick about this because we'll need okay. to jump to potpourri. Yeah. Um, okay. <coughs> oh, wait, time. I guess it would just be you and then me. Yeah, that right. was my okay. third one, so yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. Um, right. Let's see. Wow. Um, real quick while I'm thinking, though, an anecdote that I want to share about Die Hard. People like it's it's <laughs> kind of fashionable for people to say, oh, that's my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. But um, Fogues, Fogues movie reviews, like a couple years ago, if you listen to the Title Pending Movie Podcast with Tank and Fogues, um, they referenced this. And he basically, on his blog, he doesn't blog anymore, I don't think, or he's on a hiatus of it, but he basically went through every scene of Die Hard and calculated how much Christmas is represented in it. It's, it's actually pretty Christmassy. It's actually not. <laughs> Christmas, it's not? It's not. Christmas is referenced very little in that. Um, and he broke it down very well. Um, let me try to Google it real quick. Um, it's Is Die Hard a Christmas Movie? By the way, I'll put this on the show notes, obviously. Um, and I'll... I won't go through all this, but he breaks it down by like dialogue and um, like total number of Christmas related dialogue is three minutes, 45 seconds. That's 2.8% of the entire movie. Hmm. And then he goes through all of these things. And then the bottom line is spoiler alert. Um, Christmas elements in Die Hard, 15 minutes, 21 seconds. That's 11.7% of the movie. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. But it has the Christmas feel. It does. And, and, and he has a poll at the end that's uh, Is Die not. Hard. <laughs> yeah, he has a poll at the end that says, Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? 72% say yes. So I, I am part of the 38% or the 28%. I, it is not a Christmas movie. I, I honestly don't feel like it is either. I could go either way uh, on it. Yeah. Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I'm kidding. It's the same. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's set at Christmas, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, same as Die just because something takes place on Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas movie. Which yeah. I, I just brought up. It's a Wonderful Life, which I, I said I threw in the caveat that it's not necessarily a Christmas movie, but it's a it's a holiday. Yeah, classic, that is considered though. a holiday movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like Die Hard takes place in L.A., which is like the least Christmassy place you can imagine. Right. I mean, it's it's like it's warm. He's wearing a wife beater throughout the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard Two is more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my, my pick, my actual pick for the next one is, um, Home Alone. Let's nice. just go with that. We referenced it a little bit earlier, Mike did, and 
I, I love it. I mean, and I don't think it's dispute. I don't think you can dispute that it's a Christmas movie because it's it's very much a Christmas movie, but it's also a fun. <laughs> geez, it's a fun home invasion movie. <laughs> <laughs> the the likes of the strangers, <laughs> <Yes>. or <laughs> or you're next. Um, but no, it, it's a great it's a great movie. I love it, and uh, I always and it, as cynical, <laughs> I'm like very cynical in this episode, I guess. But or in the TV episode, I did this. But um, anytime I watch it, I imagine. Kevin McAllister, he's got to grow up to be a serial killer or something <laughs> because, man, that kid does some really demented stuff to those uh, those guys, those burglars. Yeah, um, he does. Yeah. I actually like to imagine that the, the horror movie, The Collector, is Kevin McAllister all grown up. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, no, it's a great movie. Um, who, as a kid didn't imagine having like the whole house to themselves and doing stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh, I did it. I remember one time I actually taped thumbtacks to the door handle. (laughs) That did not go over well. Oh my God. It stopped after that. (laughs) I'm just talking about like sitting there watching trashy movies and eating junk food. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's a great movie though. It's, uh, I love it's it's odd because I kind of love watching the family rush to go to get their to, to their flight because mm-hmm. it's just it's just funny to see them in it's fun to watch them in such uh, such such dire straits I guess mm-hmm. um, and then also the the scene with with the mother uh, calling the police and uh, uh, Larry Hankin is is on the phone he's like eating that donut it's really messy <laughs> yeah. he's like he doesn't care and he's just he's like yeah, let me transfer you here I'll get someone there <laughs> and it's it's just it's just a great yeah. movie and uh, and then of note in that movie I want to mention that um, John Candy scenes oh yeah uh, just classic yeah, and it's it's a yeah, it's amazing that he um, I can't remember all the details of the trivia but he was basically he was called in and he came in and uh, he had been up for like 24 hours and because I think he was on a different set or so doing a different thing. Um, and he was just exhausted and he shot all of his scenes in one day and it's, it's just, it's a mark of how talented he was because it's, it, it's a great performance and mm-hmm. it's kind of like he, he was really tired. <laughs> but it's a great movie. I love it. What do you guys think of it? AC said you had some dope. Is that a fact? <laughs> Too bad AC8 and Chad. <laughs> He's upstairs taking a bath. I'll even give you a call when he gets down. <laughs> My God. Oh, wow. AC well said done, 10%. <laughs> Dead effect. Oh, I love it. Are you doing I'll this tell you me? what I'm going to give you. <laughs> I'm going to give you it at a count of 10 to get you ugly. Yellow. No good keister off my property. Before I pump your guts full of lead. All right, Johnny. I'm sorry. I'm going. One. Two. Ten. Ten. <laughs> 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 Maniacal laughter. Keep the uh, change, you filthy animal. <laughs> Please tell me you did all of that from memory. I did. Well I'm sure that I messed it up. Well done, sir. I have no doubt I messed well it up. Well done. That was Thanks. brilliant. Sir. Yes. Thank you. Oh, that's I would awesome. have thought you were reading that from a web page or something. No, me too. I, I absolutely am not. And surely listeners will prove prove that I'm not because I I'm, I'm sure I missed a couple of lines. <laughs> I'm sure you're Don't fine. Be so it's humble. forgivable. Uh, um, thanks. Yeah, I, I love it, and um, yeah, it's it's a great movie. Yeah, uh, I, I love that movie. What's one as an adult when I watch it, 
what makes me laugh so much well i mean it's just a funny movie but one thing that's of note is that uh it came out in 1990 and another movie came out that year called goodfellas <laughs> which <laughs> joe pesci is in both films wow and uh home alone came out you know december-ish probably i don't really remember i, don't remember. I was three um but you know goodfellas was probably like a summer movie or something like that and it you know, Joe Pesci was probably in the throes of being recognized for this like iconic gangster movie yeah. where he throws around the F word every every other word and <laughs> kills a bunch of people and he's this horrible person. And then, you know, you see him in this really fun, charming kids movie. So, well, not really a kids movie, but, right. you know, it's a movie starring a kid. It's a John Hughes movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's so funny that contrast that's there. And I think... If you look at the trivia for Home Alone, I think uh I think like he 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 had to try really really hard not to curse in front of the kids. <laughs> and when you watch the movie, he 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 mumbles so much. He's like I freaking stupid kid, yes. you know. And it's like cuz he's trying so hard not to curse oh, around the so kids. Great. Um it's like a, a I think a note that John Hughes gave him was if you're trying to drop an F bomb, just say fruiting. <laughs> like you fruiting kid. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> so it's it's yeah. really funny looking at that nice. that contrast. Um, Goodfellas was released in September, and uh, Home Alone was released in November. <laughs> <laughs> that is so perfect. That's awesome! Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, that's my pick. Uh, that, that's I remember it. it being incredibly violent. Like thinking, yes, they these guys. He could really kill these guys. Uh-huh. Like, uh huh. Like, particularly. Um, Harry, mm-hmm. the um, nail, Daniel Stern. Well, the like s- with the with the iron coming down the thing, yeah. and hitting him in the face. That really could kill a guy. Oh yeah, yeah, that could absolutely kill a person. Uh, and then just I watched it so many years on TV that I didn't realize how much it shows his foot going onto that nail. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, it goes all the way in. It does. That freaked oh. me out so much. Tetanus. He probably got yeah. tetanus and died. For <laughs> sure. But the, the second one is actually the more violent one. Cause, with oh. the bricks. Yeah, with the bricks. And the dude gets electrocuted. Yeah. Like full-on electrocuted. Yeah. And like I think he at one point he they fall off the rope, and it's like a, a decent height that they fall. And they fall through the floor, or the, the hole that's in the floor in the apartment. And it's like a, a decent height. It's like they probably would have been dead. Right over the top. My favorite is the uh, the giants or the really big uh, toolbox that he pushes down the stairways, <laughs> the stairway, yeah. and it hits him, and it's like, what's what's that sound? That's awesome. And just his delivery is like, it was the sound of a toolbox <laughs> falling down the stairs. So uh, funny. That's yeah. the second one, but yeah, uh, that's great. Also, getting older, another one of those. Uh, Scrooge moments, me just becoming disenchanted with <laughs> Christmas movies. I know I'm the worst. I'm sorry. It's good. We you need know what. It's good. We're we're here to have conversation. Yes, right, we right. need the friction. So anyway, uh, I I I think it is so unbelievable that they couldn't find somebody to get to this house. Um, it's yeah. really a stretch to me that the that a cop would just give up. Yeah, knowing yeah. that there's a kid there, the cop would just give up. Absolutely. And then try again the next day. Yeah. I mean, come on. But the movie would have sucked if that happened. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would have ended there. There is there is a um um a degree of, of suspending your disbelief, but there, it is a stretch to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it now, and I missed the beginning of it. 
<laughs> so you have to leave do it on the know. doorstep and get the hell out of here. Oh, you I have got to do you. it again now. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, I could, but I won't. Right. But I mean, I could, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> Uh, I know we're kind of running long on time. Yeah, but, a little bit. Uh, do you mind if I throw? I'll throw in a real quick one at the end. Go right ahead. Just a quick. So do I not get a third? The heck? Wasn't that your did third? You, did you the only get two? Did you not get one? I didn't get my third. Oh, Never mind. Yeah. Go, Go ahead, right Mike. Ahead. Go, Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah. What were you going to say? Just say what you were going to say. Uh, the movie Prancer. Okay. Well, I wasn't going to say ahead. Prancer, but I remember <laughs> Prancer. <from Mike. laughs> no, go ahead, Mike. I'll throw mine at the end real quick. Uh, okay, that's fine. I'm so uh, sorry. I'll talk about probably the most recent classic, Elf. Nice. Uh, yes. nice. Which nice. is really, really a great movie. It really is. It is. Oh, yeah. Um, and I I almost said that it's uh, it's uh, underrated, but it's certainly not. Oh, Everybody no. loves that movie. Yeah. Um, Elf, you, I, it's not underrated. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. I said Elf you. It's not underrated. I was really stretching. Um, <laughs> I am uh, so sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> that's okay. It's really great. It's really funny. Uh, it gets a little too magical at the end when they've yeah. got to sing yeah. the the song uh, to get Santa to get going. But up until that point, it's it's really fantastic. And it's really uh, – it gets you in that mood that I talked about. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely uh, – Strong message, like family wise. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's great. Yeah, it I is. love it. That's another one that I don't. I mean, granted, Will Ferrell has his detractors and people that don't like Will Ferrell, but I haven't met anyone who doesn't love Elf. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and it and it has become an instant kind of classic. It really uh, is a modern classic. Yeah, um, yeah, it's great. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. But the elf, so, what's your favorite color? <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, I'll answer my phone that way during the yeah. holidays. <laughs> nice. Uh, so what did you want to say about Prancer? Okay. Uh, the, I just wanted to bring it up real quick because uh, I tweeted this. I don't know if you all saw it at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. Yes. Because um, I, I watched it the other day. It was a staple from my childhood. We watched it every year. Um, what's fun about it is uh, a good chunk of it was actually filmed in Indiana, um, in northern Indiana, LaPorte County, where my father is from, nice. uh, a large most of my father's family still lives there. I'll, I'll be going there for the holidays, but uh, it was it was filmed in LaPorte County, Indiana. Some of it was, some of it was filmed in Michigan as well. Um, and there's uh, like she goes and she, she takes a the main character takes a letter to Santa and she goes to the mall to give it to the mall Santa. And uh, I've been to that mall several times. My dad grew up blocks away from it. That's it's awesome. kind of it's kind of cool. So and it's it's a, it's a fun movie. It's really great. Sam Elliott is epic in it as her dad. Um, and it's there's snow in every single scene. It's fantastic. Um, it's, it's a fun movie. That's great. So that's another one. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Nice. Yeah. Um. Do one of you guys want to bring us into Potpourri? Sure. I'll do it. Yeah. Sweet. I was waiting for Mike to say yes. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, listeners, we've come to the uh, the last segment of our – I guess this is the last part of our two-part podcast, right? Yeah. So that's the we, end of our season finale. We, oh. Yeah. We released one on Wednesday, and you get your Friday episode today. Uh, so, of course, we have to end it. We come bearing gifts of uh, sweet-smelling candy cane peppermint 
scented potpourri. Yay. Yes. And this is the part of the show, of course, listeners, you know, where we talk about uh, things we've th- seen, things we're looking forward to, uh, things that we think are just worth mentioning. It could be uh, anything on TV, anything we've seen in the theaters, uh, and then we just talk about it. Now, I usually, after this, send it off to uh, the guys, so I, if you guys don't mind, I'll go first. I'll go, go right it. ahead. Um, this week, uh, we are going to see the Dallas Buyers Club. Nice. nice. Which I've been super excited about. I really love this renaissance of uh, Matthew McConaughey's career. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was kind of a challenge. We're, we're trying to do a double feature. We're actually going to see Dallas Buyers Club and The Hobbit. And I wanted to make sure that we squeezed in the ones that might not be around or might be hard to get to come Oscar season. Mm-hmm. And I also want to squeeze them in before the end of the year so I can kind of put together my end of the year list, the, the movies I think might be on there. So we kind of had a choice. It was like we see Anchorman 2 mm-hmm. or American Hustle uh. or Dallas Buyers Club. And I think just the the chances of Dallas Buyers Club going out of theaters seems uh, most likely. Yeah. And I think I'm most excited for it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like the prospect of the story. I've really kind of stayed away from it. I, I, I don't know uh, as far as spoilers and um, and trailers and things. So I don't know. I'm excited. It should be good. Do you know who's in it and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and Jared Leto's in it, of okay. course. Yeah. And what's like the That's premise the, of it? Because I, I don't know anything about it. I've just oh. I've seen it around. It's been playing at the uh, Keystone Art Theater for a while. Yeah. Uh, Matthew McConaughey plays, uh, plays a good old boy from Texas who uh, learns that he contracted AIDS. They don't say exactly how, but uh, he's, uh, he's clearly a homophobe. Um, huh. So that's kind of his big thing. Is he, he didn't get it from a man. And uh, so looking for meds. Uh, he kind of goes south of the border uh, and gets them cheap, you know, and drugs that aren't available in the United States. And he brings them back uh, to the gay community in Dallas to to sell them. And it's kind of about the story of that, how he gets tied up with the law and uh, kind of how he he befriends Jared Leto, who is a um, he might be transgender or he might just um, just dress and drag. But uh, um He's a homosexual with AIDS, and and they kind of form an unlikely friendship. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it's, uh, cool. the reason I ask is because uh, it's Jared Leto's first movie in like six years. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've been missing him. He's been busy with Thirty Seconds to Mars. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and lawsuits and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and after, I mean, after Urban Legend, did he really need to do any more? I mean, that was a masterpiece. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> whatever. Well, uh, is Urban Legend post uh, Fight Club? I don't know. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay, um, Matt would know. I, I don't. He know would why. know that. Off the top of maybe, head. maybe not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. I'll, That's what I'm looking forward to. Hmm. Cool. Um, cool. Um, I have a quick note. Um, before before we move on to the next next one, sure. Um, <clears throat> in the TV episode, I mentioned that um, uh, the the great pumpkin that my sister does <laughs> is gives them candy and stuff. That's not what it is at all. <laughs> like I had her listen to it, and I, like I kind of made her listen to it because she was wrapping presents and stuff, and she got like she got like really offended. <laughs> but basically, what it is is that the it's that they they don't bring goodie bags of candy or anything. They bring it's like it's like they they 
open the door and they just see like a pumpkin in a carving kit. Uh, Ooh, creepy! There. And yeah. a knife in it with blood trickling out the side. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you're you're promoting like some some pretty pretty uh, crazy behavior because you're thinking yeah. like, it's the great pumpkin that's dropping it off. So the great pumpkin is is giving away one of its brethren, yeah, to uh-huh. be sacrificed for ritual for ritual sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So it's disturbing symbolism. So it's yeah. pretty awesome. And if you don't mind, I'd like to also add another note before. I, I send it off to you guys. Um, full disclosure, closer audience, we are recording this potpourri section. Uh, there is a time difference between when we recorded the bulk of the episode and this part of the episode. Now, I say that because in the episode you just listened to, we talked about the movie Jingle All the Way. Uh, and tonight, before we recorded this, which is actually a day or two after we recorded the first part, sorry to uh, crumble the walls of the illusion down, but... Uh, <laughs> I watched Jingle All the Way, and it is really as good as Matt says it is. Yes. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's so awesome. Phil Hartman, when when he turns around and goes, pipe down in there, <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was great. There's, there's a lot of cheese and, yeah. a, and a lot of stuff that is just over the top and ridiculous. But if you can get past Jake Lloyd and Santa Claus with nunchucks, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty entertaining. I and, liked it a lot. And I meant to mention that whoever wrote that movie, I don't remember who. Was it Chris Columbus that wrote it? I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. Uh, okay, anyways, whoever wrote it, uh, they made an interesting choice uh, calling the the hero Turbo Man. Mm-hmm. Because Turbo is not an easy word for Arnold Schwarzenegger to say. <laughs> with his heavy Turboman. So funny. That's one of the things I always remember about the movie is he can't say Turbo. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. But I think we're just supposed to like buy into an illusion that he actually can pronounce it. Because the idea yeah. that uh, little Jamie has the only Austrian dad in the neighborhood <laughs> and, then he and doesn't recognize yeah. that his dad is talking to him <laughs> in the <laughs> Turbo Man outfit is ridiculous. You yeah. know, not even not even that. I can accept that because it's a little kid. And I mean, you see you see your idol and sure. everything. It's not going to register. But his wife doesn't even pick up on right. it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like Howard. It's like, wow, yeah. you're you and you've been you've been writing him about um uh, not being a good father or whatever, not being there. You don't. You can't even recognize his voice. <laughs> well, um, again, it, we're just talking about Christmas. Christmas movies are Christmas movies are just a social commentary on modern marriages. Mm, yeah. And, yeah, the, the, and the truth is that they're not talking to each other. Mm-hmm. The truth is that they don't communicate, and uh, and they work too hard, and uh, mm. they they really only decide. It it takes it takes a traumatic moment to really spend time with their children. Yeah, and it's yeah. a shame. Right, right. And like in, I just watched Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the the newer one, and mm-hmm. uh, the the main character has only has one parent. She just has yep. her, just has the mom. Oh, that's true. And one of her wishes is to have a father for Christmas. So yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. So that was a nice little tangent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, this is taking longer than. <laughs> We thought it's longer oh, than the usual potpourri. <coughs> so, uh, it's a uh, supersized one because it's our season finale. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, there you go. So, Tiny, do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, I'm going to keep in the Christmas theme with this because um, I love it. I could talk about it forever. <laughs> uh, I watched a movie that I hadn't seen before. Uh, it was – it has a couple different 
I'm not sure what the official title of it is. Uh, it is a retelling of The Nutcracker. It came out in 2009, I guess. I'm just looking at IMDb, and it says the official title on IMDb is The Nutcracker in 3D. Uh-huh. Um, it also has the title, like on the DVD box, it says The Nutcracker, The Untold Story. Um, so huh. there's a couple, I think it was kind of a, had had an odd development, I think, is the is why it's so kind of it's like kind of weird and stuff um but uh it's interesting it's it's a semi-modern retelling of uh the nutcracker because hmm. uh traditionally um that play was the ballet was written in like the 1890s so it's kind of got this victorian feel to it um maybe turn of the century feel to it and uh this one is set in the 1920s in uh, vienna um which is kind of one of the jewels of you know europe if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it was interesting. It was, it was kind of weird. Um, they took some liberties with the, with the story, I guess. Um, in the, the original story, it's like the, the mayor of the town or like a, a local magistrate or something like that who, who gives the nutcracker to the, the young girl and she has her adventure from there. But in this story, uh, her uncle is uh, Albert Einstein and he comes over <laughs> and gives her the nutcracker <laughs> And uh, right. Albert Einstein is played by Nathan Lane. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. What in the world? I know. It's huh. really odd, but it kind of works. Um, it's it's interesting. The first act is actually really, really fun. It's great imagination and everything. Um, the girl is played by Elle Fanning, by the way. Oh, and wow. And she's fantastic in it. Um, now I feel like I've heard of it. Yeah. it's Now I feel like I know what you're talking about when you mention Elle Fanning. Mm-hmm. It's, cool. uh, yeah, it's in interesting. 2009? Yeah, but I think it was filmed earlier than that, I want to say. I don't know. It's Like I said, it was filmed in Hungary. I think they filmed it in Budapest in place of Vienna. Huh. Um, and it has a, a European director, Andrei Konchalovsky. Hmm. So I, I don't well, know. He sounds, sounds Russian. Yeah, Russian. Or Asian. Eastern European, something like that. Eastern. Um, hmm. But anyways, he... Uh, it had a huge budget too. It had like a ninety million dollar budget, and like it was Jeez. supposed to be this huge movie. But I don't even remember seeing it in theaters, really. Yeah, um, I don't huh. know. It made no money. Wow, which is unfortunate. So yeah, uh, and also has uh, the the downfall of it, in my opinion. Uh, John Turturro plays the Rat King or the Mouse King, um, and he's just way over the top. Just oh really? Yeah, really didn't huh. like him at all. Um, but it was it was an interesting retelling of it. I liked the spirit of it. Um, it, it had great quality to it. Um, if it's supposed to be set in Vienna, it was filmed in Budapest, but uh, kind of an un unrepresented city in in movies. I think Vienna is really incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great city. I've never been there, but you know, from what I hear, it's pretty incredible. So yes, now I remember this. Yeah, with the heavy CGI. Yeah. Huh. Yep. I'm very weird. I'm drawing a complete blank. Um, yeah, I, it just was never across my radar. But um, wow, huh. it's interesting. I mean, I, yeah. I recommend seeing it just for the interesting fact. I I didn't dislike it, but I didn't really love it either because it was just kind of weird. But right. uh, it was it was interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I, I I think I've seen the Nutcracker like once. Like yeah. Ever. It's pretty boring, uh, actually. Yeah, and that, <laughs> it is a ballet. Thing. Yeah, like I, uh, I saw like uh, it may have been a movie, 
well, obviously it was a movie, but um, I saw it because it was here in Indianapolis. This is when I was a kid, and it was uh, at the IMAX theater downtown at the State Museum. They had like this was the first time I've ever been there, um, and they had like this canned food drive or whatever around Christmas time. That's like buy bring in X number of canned goods, you get a free ticket to the Nutcracker. Hmm. I just remember this because it's like I'm a kid. I've lived here for like maybe two years. And then uh, we go there and we see like one of the news anchors, uh, Patty Spittler, um, name drop, <laughs> name drop. Um, mm-hmm. But and I was like, oh my god, we see someone famous. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just remember being kind of underwhelmed. Yeah, it, like I said, it is a ballet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So cool. That's 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 my entry. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Um, well, I'm going to. Uh, uh, talk about something that I saw. <laughs> we talked a little bit about it um, off the air. Um, the Interstellar teaser. And yeah. I was yep. very surprised that you guys weren't into it. Because <laughs> um, why don't you guys tell, tell, tell me what your response to the Interstellar teaser trailer was. Okay, ready? One, yes. two, three. Well, the thing. Oh, <laughs> you're supposed to go at the same time. <laughs> anyway, uh, there was just nothing there. I, yeah. I, it it was a teaser for the type of movie that I don't think needs needs a teaser. Um, it's it's almost like Chris Nolan is so used to doing these teasers for Batman, where you recognize things. Te- teasers need recognizable things in them. Mm-hmm. Teasers need you need to see Spider Man's hand. And a web shooter and web shoot out and then he pulls back a spider and it says summer 2015 or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a teaser. A teaser for characters about which I have no idea do- does nothing for me. But it's not about characters though in the teaser. it's The teaser's not about anything. No, the, the teaser. teaser <laughs> right, exactly. No, I disagree with that. <laughs> the teaser, because his monologue in the, in the teaser, Matthew McConaughey's monologue is all about humanity and our – like kind of um maybe I'll play it at the end of this. Um, right, but what I'm what I'm <laughs> saying is a a teaser needs to have a character in it. Like that's what a teaser is for. To tease things that that we know that we need a familiarity with. I, I will probably see the first full ch- length trailer for it and think it's fantastic. Didn't in there, uh didn't Inception have a teaser like that? I think so, yeah. and I remember not being impressed. Really? See, I don't know. I I just feel like I, I feel like a teaser doesn't necessarily need to have a character. And you can make the argument that the character of the teaser that that's uh, doing it is is Christopher Nolan's brand. Um, okay. Because I mean, it's it's a hotly anticipated thing. I mean, the 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 equivalent of a web shooter um, in that teaser would be from Christopher Nolan, like that that little thing that comes up on the screen. And it's and I feel like I feel like if if anything, if if my in, if my intuition about Interstellar is accurate, um, this is the kind of movie that needs a teaser because it's going to bring him into a new, bring about his a, a new chapter in his filmmaking career because he's he's finished the Dark Knight trilogy, um, mm-hmm. and he's made movies in between them that are all kind of summer blockbusters and all that. You're talking about um, actual award movies. I'm ta- I'm talking about movies that will be. More, more, more looked at, looked at more seriously by the Academy. Um, okay, in, in, but did any of the movies that have won an Academy Award in the last, I don't know, we'll say ten years, 
maybe not including Lord of the Rings. Did any of those have or need teasers to be successful? I have no idea. <laughs> but I would say no. I mean, it, n- like nobody was uh, what won Best Picture last year? Argo. <coughs> nobody, nobody hotly anticipated the teaser for Argo. Well, yeah, but I mean, Ben Affleck is that's like his third movie, and I mean, he's he's directed kind of movies of those kind of same caliber, though. Like Nolan, he went from comic book movies. Well, I use that term loosely because I mean those were more crime um, movies, um, and he's going into this new, this new. <laughs> oh, this is so cheesy! This new frontier uh, <laughs> of, uh, of filmmaking. This is just my my interpretation. It could be a, a blockbuster, a, a Thanksgiving blockbuster movie. Um, mm-hmm. But what I gathered from that teaser, what I loved about it also, was that I'm I'm just I'm a nerd for space and and for NASA and all that, and it felt like. Like you could almost take it and at the end of it, instead of saying interstellar, put like SpaceX or put like put like um, like a public service announcement from Christopher Nolan or something. Because it's more like because because NASA's funding has gone and, and they're not they're not doing anything. And they had that shot in the teaser of the last shuttle landing mm-hmm. from the last shuttle mis- mission. And it just mm-hmm. kind of spoke to me. It kind of spoke to me that. That it's it's going to be kind of hopeful that they're going to like I, I can't remember the line but it's like um, our our greatest achievements aren't behind us but they're above us or something. I mean that just that just gives me I don't know kind of kind of butterflies and and gets me excited not necessarily for the movie but just for just for what the movie could say. Um, hmm, okay. And that's really what that's what really got me about it. And I, I was okay. kind of surprised that you guys didn't you know I see that take to it. I, yeah, I, I, that makes sense. I I think it speaks to the to the uh, astronaut in you, you know. Yeah, the the kid who's interested in space travel and and all that stuff. And that's not to say I'm not, but not nearly as much as you are. Yeah, um, and I can understand I, you guys were watching it as a teaser for a movie, and I can understand that, and I respect I respect that. Um, yeah, but I kind of as soon as he started talking about it, and we saw the vintage footage and stuff. I immediately switched. Um, hemispheres in my brain, or whatever. Or switched. see, that's that's why I didn't. Did, that's what I didn't like about it. I didn't. I didn't hate it or anything. It's not. Like yeah, that. yeah. Like it, I said, right, we're all when excited. I see the full length. I, I, I'll be excited. I'm sure. Right. Yeah, we're all diehard Christopher Nolan fans. You can listen to our retrospective from but last yeah. season. Like I just, I just, it didn't have anything of note from the movie in it like it was just we got like a little shot of matthew mcconaughey driving a car and he's there is dialogue what I, that i assume is from the film uh but it was so general it was just so sure and like like you were saying it was just so i like the philosophy of it you know that was that was that was cool that was touching but it doesn't speak to what's in the film it doesn't I, th- I saw it as a nice inspirational video, but I didn't see it. Yeah, I wanted something from the movie in it, and like all we got was yeah. him driving a car, a little bit of dialogue maybe, and then like I don't know, they're holding hands at the end. I know, right? And, and the spaceships going up, and it says Interstellar. Yeah, right, right. This was kind of an argument we got in with uh, someone who might have commented on the blog or s- something about how maybe Reddit, like on a like on a Yahoo Answers, but it was about this guy who thought that. Uh, like didn't like Christopher Nolan because his cinematography was not good, yeah. and we all laughed. Like we yeah. all had a good chuckle about. Yeah, that it was. Uh, he was comparing him to Kubrick. 
Yeah, right. And yeah. just and just kind of poo-pooing all over Chris right. Nolan and saying why uh, his cinematography is awful, which is totally not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris right. Nolan makes beautiful movies. Yeah. I, I don't think the Interstellar teaser is beautiful. Right, because yeah. well, I mean, like you said, there wasn't any real footage from the movie. I mean, it was yeah. it was beautiful in, in like a PSA kind of kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It it served its purpose was what any teaser's purpose is. It was to drum up interest for a movie that that is still kind of a year away. Um, and for yeah, me, yeah, but also worked. they kind of. I'm sorry, I've been so I've been interrupting the hell out of you guys. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> um, but it's for something that's already established. I, I feel like a tra- if if you're correct and that this is the next stage in Nolan's career and more of an award season, th- this felt like a trailer for Argo. This felt like this felt like a teaser trailer for the artist or a teaser trailer <laughs> for the Hurt Locker, mm-hmm. which are, are totally unnecessary. Um, and I love Chris Nolan, and and I'm can't wait to hear your reaction to this but it almost seems self-indulgent to do a teaser trailer <laughs> to interstellar uh it's almost like he's used to doing teasers to movies that should get teasers and so now he figures he's got to do another one i don't really have a counter for that i mean that's that's a solid that's a solid point i, I can agree with you there but it made me think a little bit of the first star trek teaser from a couple years ago yeah it did remember. when um because that was an awesome teaser. Because that yeah. one was, it was similar in the fact that it was just kind of like Chris Pine riding around on a motorcycle in Iowa, we assume. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe they talk a little, him, him and yeah. uh, um, Bruce um, Greenwood talk a little yeah. bit at the table, like, what's going on? And then at the end, they show you that establishing shot of the uh, huh. the USS Enterprise being yeah. built in the field, and you're like, holy crap. Right. That's Brand actually, recognition. Right. That's actually like exactly like the trailer. <laughs> But it's not because there's nothing. There's nothing that's yeah. unique to Interstellar in this trailer. Huh. It is just general philosophical stuff. So that's why I love that Star Trek trailer. It's awesome. I think oh, it's. I think a, it might be on the Blu-ray. It's amazing. And I've mm-hmm. watched it before. And uh, but yeah, it's that's that's the difference in my opinion. Huh. Yeah, I can agree with you there. Um, I love the trailer. I personally, I, I loved it. Um. It didn't get me excited like I was hoping it would. Really? But I don't. Yeah, me too. Yeah, there's oh. just nothing to get excited about in it. I'm sorry. <laughs> nothing for the except, movie. Except except the continued renaissance of Matthew McConaughey. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. It's a trailer for McConaughey's continuing career. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you saw him in Mud. <laughs> you saw him in Dallas Buyers Club. Now, from Chris Nolan. <laughs> so, okay, well, how about this? What if. What if he didn't have Mud or Dallas Buyers Club or any of those movies, and this was his first movie back from, um, from, from like his his first thing back? Would you would you make the argument that it would be okay for him to release a tra- teaser like that because it would be more a showcase of uh, Nolan and McConaughey? Then it's indulgent and a gamble. Yeah, Matthew yeah. McConaughey, McConaughey, the guy, the How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days guy. <laughs> The failure to launch guy, ironically, a launch because <laughs> yeah, hey, nice. and his career nice. <laughs> for a while. Uh, right, all right, all right, all right, um, all right, all right. I think this would be a good opportunity for me to take off my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, I, I didn't dislike it. It's just it didn't right. really. But it will be a good movie, yeah. Matt. Oh, oh yeah, I, no I'm doubt. Not, I'm not questioning your guys' commitment to Nolan. 
even though this this potpourri section will probably ensure that he never comes on the podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Just ruined one of my dreams. Just the difference of opinion. That's all. <laughs> yeah. If that's if you go to uh, not to hammer this point home a little bit more, but I'm gonna because I'm a dick. <laughs> Uh, if you go to IMDb, it says a group of explorers make use of a newly discovered wormhole. They use wormhole in the description. Yeah. I would not guess wormhole from that teaser. Yeah. Right. Me neither. Right. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was taking a picture. I was. Taking, yeah. I think I, I think I got actually the shutter sound on, uh, earlier um, on the podcast. Um. But anyway, yeah. So that that's I'm excited for it, but I'm also a diehard uh, Chris Nolan fan. You guys are you guys are posers. Um, so <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, it's it. I'm looking forward to it. I know you guys are still looking forward to it. I'm not questioning your guys' uh, um, Nolan fandom, but um, I am making judgments in my head. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, is that pretty much it? Does that close us out for the season? I think it does. That is wow. it. So, what do you That's guys think the of the second season, season in the books? Yeah. Would you and guys my think? first full season. It is. Yes. With uh, this is the season where Mike became a um, full time cast member. Yeah. yeah. No longer yeah. featured player. Right. <laughs> yeah. Feels yeah. good. It was awesome. I had a great yeah. time. Merry nice. Christmas, everybody. Yes. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy every other holiday. Well, I don't know. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Hanukkah's way over. Actually. Yeah. 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 They had a happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Yeah. Kwanzaa. yeah. yeah. Happy Festivus. <laughs> yes. Happy Festivus. Happy Winter Solstice. Yes. Merry Saturnalia. <laughs> and let's <Free> not. Pagans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not forget the most important one. Happy New Year. That's, That's not, the most important one. It's not. I just no. wanted to. I just wanted to have, carry some weight. I on hate my, New Year's. It's you know. Eh. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, so why don't I count us out because people are going to stop listening to us. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Um, thank you guys for a great season, um, both you two and our listeners. Um, <coughs> we had some had some issues throughout it, but we persevered and now we're doing well. So thank you for endearing with us. And if you're just now finding us, uh, check out all of our back episodes at ovpodcast.com and on iTunes. And you can also uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Vote for us on podcastland.com. You can contact us via email at ovpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, anything you want to talk, talk to us about, uh, just just do that. Um, email us there. You can find us on Twitter. I'm Matt at at obsessive viewer. Tiny is at obsessive tiny. Mike is at I am Mike White. Um, and then also check out the blog uh, obsessiveviewer.com. We're going to be posting more. Promise. Um, and uh, it's it's you know just thanks again for for a great season. And uh, yeah, uh, that's it was good. We did some cool stuff this season. We did. We mm-hmm. did. And there was some stuff. John that Dugan. We yes. had Pat on. Yeah. Uh, um, Spangle, Spangle, yeah, and then uh, Chase Kahlo. Yeah, this yeah. was good. We did some really cool stuff. Oh yeah, it was really cool. We did a whole Shocktober event, which was great. Yeah, great um, Shocktober episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, but I mean, we and we also have tons of great stuff planned for new, for next year and and seasons forward, plural seasons forward. I mean, next year we're gonna have we're going to be at indie popcon we're going to be doing a bunch of other stuff that hasn't been announced yet mm-hmm. um hasn't been announced yet like like for some big like corporation or whatever well we're, we're working huge on, thing we are, we're yeah. working on a press release 
are. <laughs> we are. I am actually working on a big email to send to you guys. Oh, <laughs> nice. Like basically, hey, this is all the stuff for ne- next year. Oh, yeah, that big thing. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Spring's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Spring will be good, but summer. Summer's going to be With the IndiePopCon is going to be it's, really excellent. It's going to be fantastic. We're really looking so, forward to it. And like I we said, got some cool episodes coming up. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, that about does it. Um, we're gonna be we're gonna take a couple weeks off, I think. Um, but next week uh, we're gonna release uh, a special bonus episode to kind of finish out the year with. Uh, it's gonna be our me and Tiny doing a retrospective on Boardwalk Empire. Uh, they just finished their fourth season, so look for that sometime next week um, with a special intro r- recorded by our own Mike White um, because he doesn't watch Boardwalk Empire. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's okay. A lot of people don't. Yeah. 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 So yeah. maybe you'll convince me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, so then we'll, we'll be back next year. Um, yeah. Until then, uh, this is when I wish we had like a good, like send off, like till then keep watching or, keep, yeah. you know, that's the way the cookie come off. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike saves it. All right. <laughs> Uh, All right. Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas, everybody, and Happy New Year. Bye, guys. Bye. We've always defined ourselves by the ability to overcome the impossible. And we count these moments. The first ever to fly faster than the speed of sound. These moments when we dared to aim higher, to break barriers, to reach for the stars, 76, you are go. To make the unknown known. We count these moments as our proudest achievements. Having fired the imagination of a generation. But we lost all that. Pulls into port for the last time. Or perhaps we've just forgotten. That we are still pioneers. That we've barely begun. And that our greatest accomplishments cannot be behind us. Because our destiny lies above us. So since it's the end of the season, I want to make special mention to um, all the people who've made this season of The Obsessive Viewer um, better than, than the three of us alone could have could have done. Um, so just bear with me. Um, first of all, John Dugan from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We were very happy to have him on, and it was a blast getting to talk to him for our first ever like celebrity guest. Um, and it was just an awesome chat and a uh, special thank you to Mike for editing that episode. He did a great job and uh, it really helped me out a lot because I was under a lot of stress with a lot, a lot of stuff. Also, thank you to Pat Kuhn, our friend uh, who does the Nerds You're Looking For podcast, which I mentioned um, 
before that, I'm going to be on. I'm going to be a guest on there soon, so check it out at the the nerds you're looking for dot wordpress dot com. Uh, but thank you, Pat, for being on the zombie episode and also just all the support that you've thrown at us, um, thrown at me too when I started the blog. Um, it's really appreciated, um, and it means a lot. Also, thank you to Chris Spangle from We Are Libertarians for not only helping helping us get started, um, but also for coming on the podcast and talking about TV shows with us. It was a great time to have him on, and we we're really happy to really happy to have him on and talk to him. And we hope to have him on again at some point. Um, and then also thank you to Chase Callow from uh, uh, the Indie PopCon that we're going to be at in May. Um, we had a we had an awesome time talking to him, and it was it was just a it was a really fun really fun episode. And just thank you for that. And also thank you to Craig, Guy, Corey, and Josh at the Intermission Podcast, which can be found at MovieGuys.org. Um, they're just a great bunch of guys, and I was on I was on their podcast uh, recently, and it was just it was a it was a good time. I got to uh, I had a lot of fun talking to them, and uh, Craig particularly. He and I have been emailing back and forth about just just general podcast topics and and just kind of kind of talking talking shop with each other i guess and he's been a huge help um so i really appreciate that and they're they're just a good bunch of guys um so check them out also um and then also um thank you to keith and greg at the at but you're wrong podcast they gave us a really nice mention on one of their episodes i think it was episode 146 of theirs um, and then they quoted uh, an article I wrote, and it was just—it was just—it was really nice. It was a really nice statement, and they have a really good podcast, and I—I I really appreciate that. So thank you guys. Finally, thank you to uh, Star Tissue for giving us their music to uh, to use on our podcast. The song is um, "An Eclipse of Events." You can find them on on Facebook and SoundCloud, and give them a listen. They're really cool, and they're really good. Um, so yeah, do that, and I'll put the links in the show notes, like as always. And of course, a big thank you to Mike and Tiny. Um, wouldn't be able to do this without them. Uh, they're two of my best friends in the world, and I'm so happy that we get to talk about this stuff uh, every week. And I'm glad that they put up with me and my craziness. So thanks, thanks, guys. Um, can't wait to record more, and can't wait for you guys to hear more of us. Uh, so that's about it. Uh, thanks for listening guys. Bye.